Welcome to Real Men Feel. I am your host, author, coach, and healer, Andy Grant. Real Men Feel exists to remind men that they're human. And as human beings, we all have emotions and a requirement for connection with others. My guest today is Alan Cantor. Alan is a spiritual guide, transformational coach, and founder of The Surround. He has a vision for a better world for all children and expresses that through his work with men. Alan stresses three core concepts for improving men's lives. They are connection, trust, and listening. Alan and I explore those areas and our resistance to them. Alan also warns about the three most terrible words you can say to a boy. Let's dive in. Hello, Alan. It's great to have you here on Real Men Feel. Thanks, Andy. It's good to be with you. So I discovered you because of your work with something called The Surround. Could could you just tell us, like, what does The Surround mean? What is that? So The Surround's a a weekly men's group that meets. uh, We met for a long time before COVID and mostly in my backyard in a teepee I have. And it came out of my thoughts and then and then proving that when men connect on a consistent basis where there's a deep listening present and a level of trust where men can really open up uh, that their lives get better. And my vision for the world is that it be a better place for all children. And I chose to work with men to fulfill that and found that when if a man gets just a little bit better, the whole world is a better place. And that's what I strive to do each week with the men in the group. Cool. So you, your vision about making a better place for children, is 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 that because did, did you have a uh, hmm, an unpleasant childhood? Is that what kind of draws this out? Uh, yeah, I could say that and make a good case for it for myself anyways. Um, part of what I do is to relieve men of those stories they make up about their past so that there's more power and freedom in their lives today. So I could make that case, and I have all my life for myself, and I've freed myself from those stories of the biggest one being my father dying when I was eight years old and not really having the guidance of a of an older man in my life for a long time. Yeah, we talk about that often, the, 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 the father wound which, which yes. comes from a physically absent father that you, you've lost to death or anything else, or an emotionally absent father, someone that's physically there, but just is not right. open and available to you. So, yeah. And the uh, really where this comes from, I realized as I was doing it was my father. I, I don't have a lot of memories of him, but I do remember that there were a lot of men around the house frequently. And he... Uh, was a member of at least three fraternal organizations back in the 50s. I have his artifacts of pins and other things. So uh, a man once asked me why I love the men so much. And uh, I couldn't come up with an answer right away. But then the answer came to me, which is what I just said, that my father really gave me that gift of having men around that are willing to listen to the real answer when they ask, how are you? Mm. 
Yeah, I, I, I talk about that uh, a lot too. There was a, a teacher in positive psychology I had that, that stressed, uh, when you really want to know the end, like, how are you? Really? And, and right. giving that, like, no, I'm, uh, this isn't the surface. I care about you. I wanted to know the actual answer. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So do you find that prior generations, did men of the 50s actually have greater connection with other men than today? I think so. Um, I think with all due respect to the women's movement, because I do think it was necessary and I'm happy for the territory that was taken and I wouldn't want to turn anything back other than men and well, fathers became parents. Mothers became parents rather than the, the two roles. There's a need for a father and a need for a mother. Um, and I have to say I'm totally in support of gay marriage of all kinds. And I so don't I'm not I don't want to be misinterpreted to when I say a mother and a father that it has to be a male and a female. So um, I just think that men got uh, men and women, the, the intent was to get leveled off rather than for each of them to have their strengths. And I think that there was more of that back in the, you know, pre-1960, really, when, when the mo around the time the women's movement began. So I want to make sure I'm understanding this. So it's almost like in a quest for equality, we took away our, our natural strengths. Yes, okay. that's a great way to say it. You know, yes. Cool. And like I say, I'm not, I'm happy women have the gains they've made and i want men to have that strength and have a platform to stand on so is is what got you into men's work your own work of of trying to improve better uh, make yourself a healthier individual yes i uh got in when there was a crisis in the marriage actually just about 20 years ago um i was in a, i was invited to join a group of men and I was in that group for about a year and a half uh, before I took a deeper dive into it. And, you know, those men, when I really was in crisis, uh, supported me uh, greatly. They got me through it. And uh, then I dove more into it. I did some trainings and joined a couple of other organizations that helped me formulate my foundation and and get to see the importance of men connecting in this way. And have you always had a strong sense of spirituality or is that something that developed over time? That's it's developed over time and it's, uh, it's been for a long time. Uh, I know the entry point about 45 years ago, I did a training program that uh, transformational program that really got me on the, path of human growth and development and got me interested. And um, I really, for at least the last 20 years, have really taken that on of always growing and developing, finding new things to explore, uh, new avenues for growth and pathways. And um, I'll be 70 in January and I'm not done yet. I just started a new training program and I'm, uh, you know, so all I do is want to learn. Um, I saw your meme today on Facebook with the pictures of 
two people with like flowers in their hair and, you know, and it's, you know, one of them says we're made to change. And, you know, yes, we are made to change, uh, whether we like it or not, and usually not, but that's all there is to do. So. Yeah, it's it, that's all there is to do. And that that's like an unending thing to do. It's like, a, yeah. yeah. And that used to really, I mean, and, and if that triggers anyone, like I used to hate that. Like I really hated change and why can't things just be the same? And I've, I've done this work. Why am I not just happy and joyful? Why, why am I, why is my uh, attained level of peace? Why doesn't it stay here? Why, why is there more? Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. The, and the, that striving, the happy, you know, like, why can't it be happy? Why do I have this challenge? Well, we have the experiences because that's the pathway of life. Hmm. That's the pathway of growth. We, uh, we have the experiences. Uh, it's we're a little backwards because we usually have the experience to learn the lesson, where we always wish we had the lesson before the experience. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I I do a lot of uh, energy work and spirituality work, and a message that has come through over and over for for over a decade for myself and clients is that like science tells us that our universe is expanding and expanding faster and faster. And we are all literally the fuel that makes that happen. It's our soul's expansion, our willingness to change, learn, grow. And, you know, uh, I'm glad you're not done yet because as long as we're here, as long as we're still taking a breath, there's more that we get to do. It's not, oh, you have to do this and it's not a penance. It's like, no, this this is, we when we can embrace it, this this is the thrill of being alive, that there is more. Yes, there's always more. I mean, if if we can take the next breath, there's more because we never know when when the last one is coming, right? We never know. My brother is 86 and he's on his decline, and he's been my sort of guide on the spiritual pathway in a lot of ways. I I have my own, but he's he turned me on to a lot of things, and you know now he's at a time like I now I have a book I want to share with him. And he just does not have the capacity to hear it, you know. And I, uh, I really got yesterday that my reading this book is is continuing his pathway, like the the path he set me on, and that we've been on together. So yeah, there's all there is is to grow and learn, and you know, have the next experience and learn from it, and then take the next step and the next breath and learn from that. Yeah, cool. Now you you mentioned uh, the, the, quickly an introduction about the surround the the yes. three core concepts of it. So could could you reiterate those again? Sure, they're uh, connection, trust, and listening. So uh, connection is being together on a consistent basis. We meet weekly, and I find that that really works to support each other and get to know the men pretty well. Uh, the the trust is. Um, you know, develops over some time, but I have found is so present in the group that when new men come in there, like swept right into it and get the, you know, the level of confidentiality that we adhere to and, and that men care and, and won't go out and, and, uh, you know, tell the world about them. And, uh, the listening, uh, is really where it started, uh, when a man came and, and spilled his guts to us. He had never been in a men's group, never didn't, he knew some of the people, didn't know some of them, and 
just spilled his guts. And I realized that there was a listening that I was providing and that the other men were like magically providing because we had never talked about this back at the beginning. And that allowed men to get that deep that quickly. And so, so the listening, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Buddhist monk and leader of a community, uh, calls it a deep, compassionate listening, where you listen to let the other get the pain, take get the pain out of their heart. Right. So our active listening gives the gift of being heard and releasing things to the other person. Yes. And just, right, getting the pain out, letting them be free and, and clear for their path. Do humans need connection? <laughs> we, well, we're already connected. We, we sometimes act as if we're not. Uh, there's, you know, that's it. We're, we're interconnected. I have a Buddhist background and, you know, there's a lot of it in there. And, you know, we're connected to, as the Buddhists would say, the rocks, the trees, the grass, uh, and most importantly, each other. And it's really, uh, it's really one energy that we're all representing or living out. Mm -hmm. And I happen to do it in my body and you happen to do it in your body. Uh, and then there's people who would argue that we're not even doing it in the body. So <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Okay. But, uh, but you know, we are, there is a, there is this energetic connection. And um, I think the more we discover that and live from there, the better everybody will be. Right. So since we all are energy, it's not even connect. It's, I was going to ask, does connecting to the humans, do we also need to connect to spirit, open our spiritual spiritual selves? But yeah. it, it's all the same thing, really. It, it really is the same thing. And, you know, I believe that I have a God in my life. I have no idea if it's a God you believe in, if you believe in God, or the next person that's not a religious icon or God. It's, it's my experience that I choose to call God. And... Um, and we each need to explore that for ourselves. That's, uh, if there's a fourth foundational concept in the surround, and this may even be the overriding one for all these years, uh, is exploring. And, you know, like somebody comes up with something, it's let's explore that rather than, you know, like I'll say something on in one of our meetings and some of the stuff I say is men think is pretty far out or they argue with or whatever. And I go, just let it sit. Just see what happens in the next week if you explore it a little bit. And and when I say explore, I don't mean like do some deep research. I mean, go out in life and just sort of have it in the background and see if it makes any di difference in your life and opens anything up. So. Yeah, I find a, a a word that shows up in in my life often that 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 feels in synchronicity synchronicity with this. It, it's it's about a willingness, our willingness to to be wrong, our willingness to find something new, our willingness to grow, our, our willingness to to touch to touch the aspect that that scares us. Yes, well, that's the big thing is to touch the aspect that scares us, you know, and let it out and have have a group of men or at least one man who you can 
say, hey, I'm scared of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid this will occur. This happened to me last night I, in a men's group I go to that I've been a member of for a long time. And, you know, you get that. You, I got that question in regards to a situation I'm in. Like, what are you afraid of? And you don't get to go home and explore it. You get to do it right there with the six other men. And uh, it was great. It was just so valuable yeah. and, and, and painful at the same time. But, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I find so much, so many men were driven by fear and we have such a fear of anyone knowing that, that it's just this, right. this horrible loop of, of, of fear driving yeah. us. And, and we, we don't want to admit that. And we just stay in this trap of, of this low vibration, draining energy sort of experience. Yeah. And that's, you know, fear is like the basic emotion of men and the basic feeling, and it's where men drive their lives from. Mm. And, you know, I'm out to get, have men tell the truth about the fear and to tell the truth about their lives. And that's where the opening comes and the growth can, can come from. So, yeah. So connection is inherently part of us. We're already connected why do so many men behave like we aren't? Well, I, I've had this thought for a long time that when men get to, um, quote unquote, middle age, uh, you know, 45-ish, that they have the, usually and historically have the career, the family, and the house. You know, so in a way they have what they have strived for for most of their lives. And they think they have to hold that all together and they think they have to do that on their own. And the thinking doesn't come because they think it, it's because they've been indoctrinated into it. You know, we, we tell young boys, you know, man up, you know, be a, be a man. And, I'll, you know, the, the most terrible three words you can say to a boy is be a man because there's no capacity for what that means. And, but we get these messages that we have to be the provider and supporter. And I, and I agree, we need to be provide and protect for our family, but we can't do that unless we get help from other men, unless we're willing to ask for the help, talk about it, express the fear of it all falling apart because pretty much every man has when they put that package together has the fear that it's all going to fall apart right you know they're going to lose their job or something will change or whatever and if they have some place to get that out there's more they can get a better perspective on it and as we've said way of being the, the change never stops so if I'm, i've got to hold everything together because i don't want anything to change like that that's forever a losing battle it's, it's totally losing, and you, and that's where men lose their power, freedom, love, and peace is because they think they have to hold it together. And those are the four things that I find men get from connecting with me and, and the men in the surround is greater power, freedom, love, and peace in relationship. And uh, we intentionally wrote it in the singular relationship because – I think it causes men to pause and wonder and because it's not only it's not about the wife or the kids or the or you know whatever the relational situation is in the family 
it's with each man with himself as well. You know, so we have this, you know, we talked a lot about connection and one energy and we're all in the same energy and all that. And yet we live in this one, what we think is this one body, this one energy. And uh, we, that's the most important relationship we have. Yeah, no, I totally right agree. I, I totally agree. And, you know, my uh, growing up, I battled with depression and suicidal thoughts and made multiple attempts to end my life. And it was really all because I hated me. I did not have a yes. good relationship with myself. Yeah. I, uh, I was shut down from any sense of spirituality. I thought I was just this meat suit full of bad chemicals. And that's what, you know, doctors would tell me. And it just made no sense. It gave me no hope. I just wanted everything to stop. Yeah. But as I was willing to be wrong, as I was willing to see that there's more and explore, uh, again, freedom, joy, all those great things you talk about, like, wow, that, that's real. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's amazing. So, so is it society? Is it teachings? Like, wh why are men passing on to other men that they should not connect, that they should not take a no. risk, that they should not tell each other things? I, I don't know why, Andy, because you know why questions are really hard to answer like you know first i want to acknowledge and express my gratitude that you got to hear and saw your way through all of those as you might say harder times in your life uh, so thank you for doing the work to get here thank you and i've had my battles with depression over time and uh overeating mostly half, almost half of my life, I was obese and, uh, and I took steps to overcome that and get alive. Um, so yeah, the, it's the, I don't know how the construct got made up that men should be this way and men should be fearful. We, it's just there and seems to be universal. Mm. You know, and men hide it in different ways, you know, with money or with their profession or, you know, nothing against policemen or police officers, but they put those badges and guns on and, you know, they're, they may be the most fearful people of going and they just, they get, they put the fi fixings on that make it, you know, like, uh, you know, that protect them in, a, in more ways than we think. So I have a lot of compassion for them knowing that. So. so you've talked about connection and change and fear. So if men are driven by a, a base fear, but we long for connection, do, do we naturally trust each other? Or is that something that has to be learned? Is that a skill we I, don't have innately? I, uh, I, think, I think we need to learn it. I think, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we don't just walk up to a man and go, Hey, let me tell you about my marriage, you know, like that you don't know, right. It's not like every man is an opening for this. Uh, you know, the, if men only knew what it would mean to that man to say, yeah, just tell me like, cause we, you know, we also think that we have to know how to fix everything, mm. right. Men are fixers. And we have to know how to fix everything. And guess what? I tell the men pretty much every week, we are not here to fix each other. There's no way we can fix each other. I'm not qualified to fix anybody. You're not qualified, period. We just, 
cannot do it. Um, there's a great uh, little video called The Nail in Your Forehead. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you just Google it. It'll be the first uh, hit on YouTube. Uh, and it's about a man and a woman and, and uh, about fixing the woman. So it's very, it's for like three or four minutes. It's so insightful. Right, cool. um, but we, we're not here to fix. If we could be here to listen, then more men would get fixed. And that, uh, should, that should hit us as a relief. Oh, yes. I can just be here and listen and, and empty myself and, and let you empty yourself up as opposed to thinking, I've got to fix Alan today. I'm talking to Alan. What am I going to do? Yeah. And, you know, and that's such this pressure. Right. And it's, and it's not even, and it, as you're saying it, I'm, I'm hearing like, well, I can't even fix Alan. You know, I can get the broken parts. I can, you know, start to explore that and see where I can get more freedom and power in it. You know, but it, the fix comes when I'm willing to give up my story and shift my uh, thinking about it, my context, my way of being about it. So that's when the uh, the shift can occur. And that can occur when I talk to other men and I get... Uh, you know, and I have that opening to let it out and explore it more fully and see another possibility. Cool. So you mentioned that your your driving vision is to make the world a better place for all children. And you do that by focusing on, on the men that are here and now. Yes. Is there one biggest fear or concern you have about the world today? There, there are so many so many you know uh i read about uh in yemen i think they said there's like a half a million people are in danger of starving to death in yemen in the next several months you know it's you know what just went on in afghanistan and is continuing in haiti i mean it's every place and all kinds of issues you know you know there's there's so much food in the world and enough to feed everybody and yet there's hunger um, so i don't have a focus you know what i want is the next man to be a better man i want you out of doing this podcast and i want the men who listen to it to just get if there's like one letter that i spoke that made a difference that would get them to to think about something a little differently then my my job's accomplished you know, I sort of have a low bar for accomplishment, but it's good for my ego, for one, which we do have to acknowledge and appease. There's no, you know, this commitment I have about having the world be a better place is driven by my ego, but it comes before my ego. Now, there's a phrase I go by, commitment before ego, which means keep with your commitment, but it, acknowledging that the ego is necessary for it to to be driven and to fulfill the commitment. So, you know, when you, I, I've never heard that phrase or said it just of, of I, I have a low bar of accomplishment, but that that serves us because I've met so many people that have this huge bar and they'll have such a big goal that it seems so far away they can't figure it out, so they don't take action. Yeah. So it's kind of an mm -hmm. idea of your your low bar is really taking baby steps. It's doing the thing you can do. And and you know, as okay. Gandhi said, you know, if be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, exactly. So I work on that myself. And you know, when I when we 
men come to the meeting, then they're they report on something that you know happened in that week that you know gave them a new opening, more freedom and power, more love. Then uh, you know that's a victory for me and all the men in the group. It's not just it's not a personal victory. It's a it's actually a victory for all men and really the whole world. Because like I said, if that man gets a little bit better, then everybody is. The whole world is better. So is that how you can still have hope? Like if you look at the big picture, yeah. oh, there's so many problems. But if I look at that one person, that one man yeah. in front of me, if I can do what I can do, then there's hope. You know, if I, you know, I find out about you, Andy, and there's, I'm so happy you're doing what you do, even if we might be competitors in a way, right? You know, running men's groups, but you know, I know we don't hold each other that way, but it's, but I'm so glad you're getting that out there, you know, that you're doing, and there's so many other men doing, you know, similar work, making connections and. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, like, I wish I was driven out of business. Like, yeah. I, I wish yeah. there weren't millions of men in need of connection, right. trust, uh, right. letting go of fear, realizing yeah. that the, the, the whole mission behind Real Men Feel is reminding men that they're human beings. Yes. And we have all emotions, and emotions aren't a mistake. And yes. you feeling fearful doesn't mean you're weak, right? Your vulnerability is, is a strength, and authenticity is a superpower that men aren't taking advantage of. Right. None of it's a mistake, you know, the, the, you know, the, the bad feeling, the good feeling equal, they're not mistakes in either direction, you know, whatever, uh, whatever happens, um, you know, there, there are opportunities to explore and to learn and to grow. So no, the surround began in your backyard in a teepee in Massachusetts, but now yes. it it's it's become virtual. It's vir- it's virtual, you know, forced by COVID. We the the men who meet in that original group, we did get together a few times, but there's some issues. So we're back on Zoom, and then I have another group, another night where we meet only on Zoom, where uh, there's men in three continents now, which is fun to say and. Uh, you know, and we manage the time zones. And so, yeah, so it's open for men around the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it gets richer by the different cultural experiences yeah. also. Yeah, cool. So, so Alan, yeah. what's, what's the best way for people to reach you, learn what you're up to, discover uh, the surround? The best thing, so there's a website, the surround.org. And uh, then people can reach me directly at alancantor at gmail.com. And uh, I promise to get back and promptly and you know, f- help them find the path. And I, you know, I welcome men to come and you know, talk to me for a while, come and check out the surround for a couple of meetings before they make a commitment. Um, the, I think I charge a fair fee. The, on the uh, the Zoom is uh, forty seven dollars a month, and we meet every week, so it's a uh, you know pretty reasonable uh, cost for the value. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate. So I have been gotten emails and seen the surround message for for years, <laughs> and I finally yeah. reached out, and that's what I did. So I encourage you know I want to uh, 
you know, encourage people to model and I, I want to be open and authentic about what I'm doing. But I had to see your name for years and years before I said, oh, I want to reach out and talk to Alan. But, Great. Uh-huh. you know, burst through that fear, take that action, be, be the change you want to see. Because um, I'm really noticing lately my need for connection. And also yeah. the pandemic is piling up on me. Like I lead a lot of men's groups. I facilitate lots of things, but I'm like, man, I, I need connect. I need to go. Hug. Right. I was at the gym the other, this weekend. I'm like, I just want to go up and start hugging people. I'm like, I am having withdrawals viciously. Um, yeah. And that doesn't make me weak. <laughs> right. And we who lead, lead men in this way and lead these groups and have come up with our own philosophy and, and system uh, it's imperative on us to be getting what we need from other men outside of those groups, yeah. not just with, uh, with those men. And, you know, the, the one last thing I see, I've, when, I, when new men come, I tell them this, that I see men as being whole and complete. You know, like I get it. You had your time with depression and suicide. That fine, you're whole and complete. And I would have seen you whole and complete back then. And I also know from myself and from being with so many men that each of us is facing at least one major challenge in life, usually more, but there's one. And I also know that inside of us, we each know what's broken. And I give men the opportunity to really share what's broken. When, they, when they're ready for it, I don't put them on a hot seat and say, you have to tell me. But when they're ready in this environment of trust and listening, they can say, you know, this is really what's broken in me. Yeah. And it's when they tell that truth that, that their lives can open up and they can, you know, really start exploring and becoming more loving and more peaceful, more have more connection, have greater power and freedom. So. Beautiful. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm glad so much for your time, Alan. Thanks for sharing everything you're up to. Thanks for everyone for listening today. And let this all be a reminder that there really are infinite number of ways for men to connect, to grow, to get past the fear, to stop being our own worst enemies. Because that's so often what we are. Yes. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate the opportunity. Beautiful. Wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel, please subscribe, share, comment, review. Let another man know the value that you got from this podcast. You can reach out to me at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Always glad to hear from you. And again, it's not a competition. There are infinite ways for you to connect and get support and reach out to Alan, check out the surround, check out other men's groups, uh, reach out to me, book a clarity call. We'll have a one hour conversation. Let's help you get out of your own way. You can visit theandygrant.com slash talk for that. Until next time, be good to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>